Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris. Go at you fur. With me again is U Street. I'm actually changing my name to Antoine U Street Winfield. <laughs> Fresno State, officially, you have a new overlord and uh, deity. His name is Anf- Antoine Winfield Jr. You may worship him uh, daily. Perhaps your football team will win more games that way. I should note that Antoine Winfield is not our Necton, at least not my Necton of the Week, because he's just sort of a separate category of Antoine Winfield. But I would like to briefly <laughs> marvel at how flippin' impressive that play was. And I'm going to do this by in part quoting, well, paraphrase quoting, Antoine Winfield's post game where he was asked about it. One of the things I really like about Antoine Winfield whenever he gives an interview is that he is very willing to tell you this was the general play call and then we'll sort of go into a very kind of intelligent explanation of what that play call is and then just be like, so then I just had to play, make a play, I guess. Which is true, but also in no way illustrates how impressive this was. So they're in cover two. Antoine Winfield is responsible. He sees one guy go past and he's noting the quarterback eyes is still looking in the direction even though he can't be looking at the receiver. So his assumption, therefore, is that there's someone else that's running a jet slash go route uh, that he needs to go turn and cover. He makes a speed turn and covers what appears to be somewhere between at least seven yards, potentially potentially more than that, uh, to come over and perfectly high point that football and get an interception. And then, like, honestly, if he had wanted to, he probably could have housed the thing. But obviously, it's overtime, so it doesn't matter. So he just immediately fell over. He is not in the screen when that ball is is released. And because of where they are in location, obviously, it's a side shot. It's not the all-22. But because he's in a side profile, it's even kind of more impressive from a shot. He's not in it until basically the ball is about to be caught by the wide receiver. I mean, last year's version of that was a sheer feat of athleticism that was incredibly impressive. This year is also a freakish feat of athleticism. He's incredibly fast, really talented. But the level of awareness that comes from that is something that you only see with safeties who are really good at their position. And so that's why Antoine Winfield is not my Necton of the Week. Instead, I have changed my name to Antoine U Street Winfield. It was... Really, really, like, my brain hadn't, I'm, I was really tired, because obviously this game took way into the night. Um, and so I was really, I, it didn't register just, like, how badly screwed the Gophers appeared to be. Like, I was like, oh, God, like, don't throw it to the end zone. They might catch it. But, it, like, it hadn't registered to me, like, how wide the guy was. Uh, I don't know how. It just hadn't. And then all of a sudden there was an interception, and the game was over, and I'm giggling on my couch. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Or Arena had a had a good game. I thought that he did. Jeff Tedford, and we'll get to it in a second. Jorge Arena also had a good game because, like a fun cheat code, he got a lot of second chances to do things. But he had a good game. I thought Jeff Tedford and the Fresno State offense had a really good game plan in a, in a lot of ways. And I say all of that because I'm now going to offer something that seems a little bit ridiculous. But I promise it may be ridiculous, but it's not that ridiculous. Which is, Fresno State was in a position where they should have won the game in regulation. The fact that they didn't does in some way have to go to the fact that Jed Tebber was oddly conservative early in the game to go for a field goal instead of a touchdown where he definitely shouldn't have done that. Uh, 
with that said, in terms of like the remove the penalty situation, Minnesota should have won this game by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, they would have made even my optimistic take or my seemingly optimistic take before the game look, you know, conservative if they'd, you know, not done dumb things all the time. Yeah, Ibrahim has the fumble which shuts down the drive to make it 14-0, so that's the points that get taken off the board. There is then the personal foul on 12, who I don't think is going to have a tremendously fun next couple of days at practice. (laughs) Based on based on PJ very explicitly noting it in a post game interview, that sets up uh, another point. They get additional points based on a very dumb additional call. So Fresno State gets fourteen points on the board that are second chances that they shouldn't have. You had three and outs both time, or in essence a three and out uh, that the defense has to come back on. That's not great. The Gophers played about as dumb of a football game as I've seen from a team in a very long time. A lot of penalties that were just incredibly stupid penalties. The unsportsmanlike conduct is incredibly stupid. The roughing the passer is incredibly stupid. The uh, the delay of game coming out of a dead ball possession change, which I think they might have now done twice this year. Not positive. It feels like an infinite number of times because it's such a shockingly stupid thing to do. They consistently shot the the, the muffed punt. That, oh, God. The, the muffed punt that is also incredibly confusing to me because uh, both players seem to be in the wrong, but also for really getting into it, I'm not totally sure what the punt return play call was supposed to be because fresno state for those who did not watch the game fresno state's punter is quite good in addition fresno state's punter got a ludicrous amount of hang time on all of his punts so none of these are returnable he got a great hang time on that demetrius douglas needs to tell uh, justice harris to just get the hell out of the way i know he's like starting to get engaged by a blocker but harris needs to, or douglas needs to tell him to get out of the way and if he's not going to get out of the way douglas can't try and come make that field that punt he basically needs to sit in kind of coverage for when it goes off justice harris to go dive on it which is yet another reason why he should be screaming for justice harris to get the hell out of the way that was just a communication breakdown all over the place justice harris needs to know where he is in space as well to like get himself out of the way because he's getting blocked into his own punt return so that then sets up seven more points these are the kind of plays that are so unbelievably fixable because none of them is a talent thing. It's not a scheme thing, though that punt is a weird scheme. Punt return is a weird scheme. It's not a scheme thing. It's not a coverage thing. It's not a talent thing. It's not, uh, well, our guys were just not as good as their guys. All that just like basic mental stuff. That's not even fresh mistakes. This is like eighth grade mistakes. Like Daniel Falalele wasn't even playing football when those are mistakes. <laughs> All right, so I agree with you on all that, and it's one of the reasons that I'm now, because Minnesota did manage to win, able to leave this game with you know shreds of my sanity. But at the same time, I do think we've got some schematic, and I don't think you're going to disagree with this, but I think there's some schematic things that need to be looked at too because, I mean, they audibled in to run up the middle a bunch into stacked boxes. Yeah, that and was it looked, real strange. It, it looked like they were oddballing off of calls from the sideline. It didn't look like Tanner checked into that on his own all that often. So that is a thing. They continue to seem to want Tanner, and I'm, I'll fully admit this is—I'm taking your take and, and regurgitating it. 
they seem to want uh, Tanner to throw a passing game that looks like it's been designed for Zach Anikstead for an intermediate passing game that Zach was amazing at executing, and Tanner is less so. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And I think especially as as fans of football, regardless if you've ever played the game or never played the game, if you haven't played it at a high level, which I certainly never did, we want to be real clear about that, one of the things that's very difficult is to realize how hard it is to throw that kind of intermediate out route to the sidelines across a hash. Because what you have to do is throw the ball substantially farther than that. We can do the Pythagorean theorem, get ourselves a triangle here. Uh, so you're going, if you're throwing a 15-yard out route, that ball's going 25, 30 yards potentially. Uh, it's got to go real fast to do it, so you can't really get much air on that ball. Uh, and it has to be thrown into a rather tight window. There's a reason why when they get to the NFL draft time and you're evaluating quarterbacks, a lot of the things that you see on those tapes are quarterbacks who can make that particular throw. Because it is an NFL throw, and that you need a large amount of arm strength to do it. Which Tanner Morgan, uh, let's be real, Tanner Morgan's arm strength is substantially greater than mine, and for that matter, substantially greater than the vast majority of fans who watch football. But it's not one that's going to regularly make that particular throw, and that was one that Fresno State probably should have picked sixth. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Honestly. Which, as you said indicates that maybe schematically that's a weird call yeah and def- i mean are we happy with the defense i am i'm really happy and am somewhat confused why we went away from it from the new new defensive line tactic of boy mafe just eats the center <laughs> That was great. <laughs> For those of you who didn't watch this game, at the end of regulation on consecutive plays, Boy Mafe uh, ate the center, got held because the center was falling over and grabbed him. And in the process, Boy Mafe probably got away with a hands to the face on um, uh, Jorge Reina. And then on the play after, Boy Mafe ate the center and definitely got away with, against the setter in this case, definitely got away with illegal hands to the face on that one. But it was still awesome because he ate the center. Uh, and probably would have done it again on the next play had, the, had it not turned it fourth down. And then they went to overtime and they promptly put back in our normal defensive tackles. Just, like, do that for... So I don't understand why this whole, like, football coaching thing seems hard. I don't know why. Just like, why don't we run the play where Boy Mafe eats the center, everyone? That seemed to work great. <laughs> My favorite part with the first uh, hands to the face to the QB is that while the QB was complaining to the side judge, the side judge was uh, whistling the, like, I don't know, something or other had happened. Somebody called timeout or something. I don't remember what. And as he's waving his arms, he hits the QB in the, in the face. Oh, it was fantastic. That was like, great. I came over to complain to you about getting hit in the face, and you're going to hit me in the face while ignoring me. Honestly, it just see, like I imagine a lot of people's high school years, just in in a short twenty second form. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield can't get no respect. Ah, side note: uh, since this is very much podcast after dark, as as well as you know, great takes, a, a week ago. There was shared with me, because I hadn't seen it before, that at what was the late 80s, early 90s, there was a Rodney Dangerfield pilot for NBC. 
I was the one who shared that. Yeah, there was apparently a Rodney Dangerfield plot. I promise for those listening that this does, in fact, have a point related to girl football and specifically related to the defense. That uh, the premise was that a teenager could summon, kind of at will, Rodney Dangerfield, and not like some apparition of Rodney Dangerfield, actually Rodney Dangerfield, from wherever Rodney Dangerfield was, and then Rodney Dangerfield would just sort of perform stand-up. And multiple people... Like, network executives, people who are paid money for a living to find entertainment that people will want to watch on television, thought, that's a great idea. To answer your question about the defense in this context, if I, or in this case Joe Rossi, could just conjure up Antoine Winfield appears at the perfect moment (laughs) to solve my problems, then yeah, I would feel pretty good about the defense. I actually probably think the, the defense did better tonight if you remove the sort of second chance opportunities the defense did a a pretty reasonable job Uh, they didn't do as well as i think they needed to but i think fresno state's a pretty good football team i thought this was going to be a hard second week non-conference game there's still a lot of things that are changing integrating new players integrating new schemes still also wanting to keep a lot of your tricks kind of behind all of those things i think continue to hold true there are areas that i wish the defense would get better at in a hurry, one of which is when they send pressure, that pressure has to get home to the quarterback, especially in the second half that did not do so regularly unless it was the boy Mafe eats the center play, which again, why don't we just run that the whole game? So that wasn't great. Thought that the secondary played well in general. Uh, Benjamin St. Juiced was good in special teams, but also was playing as a corner in this game, did a pretty good job. I think that's going to end up being a really good transfer for this team. The safeties, obviously, Antoine Winfield had a good game. The linebackers played a bit better this game, but weren't starting from a particularly high margin. That said, it is the non-conference. The whole point is you get better from week to week. I think the defense was substantially better in week two than they were in week one. All right. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll take potentially 3-0 and if they win next week with a bye week to continue to fix things. Um, you know, that always I'll take that. Like, that's, I'll lose, I'll lose years off my life and we'll grab more gray hair, but, you know, can't, can't have it all, I guess. Yeah, you have such a, you have such a difficult life that the one thing that's missing from you is like, I might have some gray hair. I'm sure everyone is playing the tiniest of violins for you. But it's gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> the the Necton of the week, because as I noted, I, for the foreseeable future, am Antoine U Street Winfield. The Necton of the week for me is Rashad Bateman, who had his fourth career 100-yard receiving game, had over 105 yards, made a couple of great catches, had a touchdown, had a key reception to that sets up and I note, this is not my Necton of the week, but this w- is my official, this would be the dopest play of the game, except Antoine Winfield showed up at the end, which is Chris Alton Bell. But to set up that touchdown for Chris Alton Bell, Rashad Bateman needed to make a really great, long third down reception, 
Tanner Morgan threw a bullet, but because he was under pressure and it was a crossing route, kind of had to throw the ball a bit behind Bateman. Bateman adjusted really nicely to make a catch sort of behind his body while he knew he was going to get tackled. It's a play that I suspect will be on the highlight reels when he leaves us next year, after next year, to go to the National Football League because he's playing really well. It will be nice as this season moves on for Kirk Sharaka and the offensive staff to figure out, hey, given that we have two potential NFL receivers on this team, is it possible to get both of them more open on a regular basis and move Tyler Johnson around? But until they do that, I think Rashad Bateman continues to have uh, really excellent games. He's my offensive neck of the week. My defensive neck of the week is uh, Boy Mafe entirely for the Boy Mafe eats the center at the end because uh, I didn't want really to think very hard about this. And then special shout out for usually this would be the dopest thing of the week, except Antoine Winfield showed up to Chris Ottman Bell's first touchdown, which Tanner Morgan threw a beautiful ball to that only Chris Ottman Bell could catch fourth and 12 game on the line, have to score. But Ottman Bell made an incredible play, went to high point the ball, got one foot in perfectly, uh, great body control, great hand fight. And it's the kind of thing that, as Altman Bell also progresses, this team has a lot of really good wide receivers. I am waiting for the week for which Kirk uh, decides that it is finally okay to pull out the parts of the playbook for which we put them all in space and let them do great things. Because I know it's there, we just haven't really seen it in the first two weeks. Yeah, I would also like to see more of that part of the playbook, especially over the let's run into a 10-man box. I don't like that part of the playbook. No, not thrilled about that. Also, uh, while we don't have it, special mention in penalty that is apparently real, but I find lame and stupid, to calling Daniel Falele for a hold because he's just so much bigger than the other guy that he threw him to the ground. Yeah, I was really confused about that too. Because apparently you're not allowed to sit on him. Uh, Maybe pancake blocks are no longer allowed, seem to be the announcer explanation of this. But I'm sorry, if you do something that cool as an offensive lineman, you get to sit on the guy. That's just how football's supposed to work. It was really, it was very much like watching the one episode of, not the episode, God couple of the segments of the blind side where they just had him throwing around some little kid like that's what it looked like and i was very confused about like he didn't hold him as he did it he didn't hit him in the head he didn't i was just like bigger guy knocked over smaller guy news at 11 yeah it was very unclear i i guess it's now a penalty for some reason but i don't care that was super awesome so keep doing that is it was it really a penalty, or are we or are we just saying like that because they called it? Uh, well, I get I I think we're saying it because they called it. My view is that this is lame, and if it is a penalty, it shouldn't be a penalty because it, it's, it's actually, Big Twelve. It's it's Big Twelve awesome. refs. It's Big Twelve refs. So yeah, true, and on the West Coast, so I assume they got a little bit of Pac twelve ref itis. <laughs> but honestly, with the exception of that, I just mostly think it's lame because I think this. 
crew actually did a really good job tonight. And I say that given the number of dumb penalties that the Gophers took. That uh, normally you might think, like, oh, this would be something you met No, I thought the officials played really well. As I said, I think Fresno State will continue to be a good football team like they were last year. I think at the end of the season this will look like quite a good non-conference win. And no one will really remember uh, exactly the amount of derp that occurred between minute zero and minute whatever, because overtime doesn't officially have minutes anymore, before Antoine Winfield appeared in my new pilot for NBC, Where's Antoine, to save the day. See, now the problem is is I've got that... Now I'm putting Antoine into the terrible theme song from the pilot for Where's Rodney. I feel as if we can we can end this particular great takes by merely saying, for those of you who have not seen it, we will link the Where's Rodney theme song, and then you too can have the wonderful moment of substituting Antoine Winfield's name into that, and then imagine him ruining all of the hopes and dreams of the Fresno State football team and various faithful. I think that sounds great. We'll do that. All right. Everyone, if you're awake when I'm recording this with Street, stop, go to bed. Frankly, if you're awake when this drops tomorrow, stop, go to bed, as long as you watch this football game. Otherwise, you have no excuse. In the meantime, uh, we are, of course, going to have a SkyU podcast for you, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, But until then, go Gophers. SkyU Ma, row the boat.